time now for Buck Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Martin, and good morning, Alpine. How are you today, Martin? I am doing wonderful, Michelle, and glad you're here on this chilly morning here in the Alpine. Yes, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy but, middle of March. Happy we're back to winter for one weekend. I'm not quite sure what's going on with the weather, but here we are. Not so happy that the end of spring break, though. Right, right, right. So it'll be a bit of a wild weekend with the weather, but glad um, everyone's here with us to kind of get some idea, um, some updates from Alpine ISD. So today, Martin, got three topics for us. We're going to talk talk a little bit about attendance-based funding and enrollment-based funding. And you maybe you've heard about this um, in the news as well, because it's something the legislature is considering for school funding. I know funding. you've been working very hard on it. Yes, I'll share a little bit about that. Also wanted to give some updates on kind of middle-of-semester academic progress that our kids are making, and then some buck brilliance, which is just highlights from all the different extracurricular activities that our kids are involved in here in the middle of spring. Well, then let's start off with the attendance-based funding. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between attendance-based funding and a proposal to change Texas's school funding formula to an enrollment-based model. So for starters, Texas is one of only six states in the United States that still uses an attendance-based funding model. It's kind of an outdated, archaic model, and I'm going to walk us through what it looks like, what it means, and, and why, I, why I claim that's a bit archaic. So here's an Alpine example. Alpine IS has 960 students enrolled from grades pre-K three, so three-year-olds, all the way through 12th grade. Um, but we don't get funding for all 960 students. So I want to talk about how that kind of gets scaled down and why. So first, the state doesn't fully fund education for pre-K three-year-olds or pre-K four-year-olds. And so that's a different conversation. We can talk about that another time. But for today's purposes, we're actually going to subtract them from our calculations just so we're comparing apples to apples. Um, but just so you know, the state only provides half-day funding for some pre-K three and four-year-olds, not all. Um, and then otherwise, the school receives no funding funding to educate those kids. But Alpine ISD as a district has chosen to fully fund those programs for our community. So they're offered for free to anyone at no cost. Um, but let's take them out of the conversation for today. So if we remove our pre-K three and four students from our total enrollment, we have 880 kindergarten through 12th grade students. But we don't get fully funded for those 880 either. Instead, what the state does is they look at our attendance rate, like what percentage of students are at school each day, and then scale down our funding due to that rate. So our current attendance rate for the year is 93% here in Alpine ISD. When you multiply that by 880 students, and then you add in a bit of partial funding for pre-K, we actually only get funding for 830 kids, even though we serve 960. 60. And that's that's a wild difference. And, and 93% sounds like a good number to me. You know, it is and it isn't. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But um, that that's a gap of 130 kids who we serve every day, but who we don't have funding for. And that's what an attendance-based funding formula does, is it scales down based on day-to-day -day attendance instead of based on how many kids are actually enrolled and show up at some point, right, or showing up regularly, just not every day. So like you said, 93%, that seems like a pretty good number. Let me give you some context. 
context. Pre-COVID, our attendance rate in Alpine ISD was 97%. That's a very good number. That's a very good number. And and so how much does this matter? You know, 93 to 97, we would consider those both A's, both strong scores. But that 4% really does matter. We've talked on the show before about how each 1% drop in attendance rate is equivalent of about $100,000 the state takes from Alpine ISD budgets. So... The fact that we haven't been able to rebound our attendance rate to our pre-COVID levels is costing us $400,000 every year, which is just a wild number. Um, I want to take us back to the fall. I remember uh, in the fall, Martin, when there was um, all these illnesses were going around town and like everyone got sick within a two-week window in November. During that two-week window, our attendance rate in the district district dropped from 95% end of October to 93% within two weeks. So those two weeks cost us $200,000 as a district that goes back to the state that we don't get to keep. Now, can I ask, does the attendance, is it uh, on the average of the year or only a particular time during the year? Great question. It is cumulative all year. And so the fact that our overall cumulative attendance rate dropped 2% in two weeks actually shows how many students were out. Many more than 93% of students, or I should say much fewer percentage of students were actually in school those two weeks. Our attendance was so low because people were out. And when you're sick, you shouldn't come to school. You should stay home. But the way that the funding formula is set up, schools are punished for that. So our 93% attendance rate actually costs us $700,000 a year, almost three quarters of a million dollars as compared to if we were fully funded for all the kids who are enrolled. So that's why we're talking about this. That's why many districts across the state are talking about this. That's why the legislature is talking about this. There's a number of bills before the Senate and the House that would address this issue. And here's why. Our planning and operation costs are based on 960 kids, not 830. So our costs don't decrease because our attendance decreases, right? right? A student has to be out for a legitimate reason. They still have a class, a teacher. They have resources, textbooks. Our light bill doesn't decrease by 7% because of our attendance. Um, we can't cut our personnel by 7% just because students are out on different days. And Truly, when students are out, we often need additional resources to help them catch back up rather than fewer resources because they weren't in their seat on that day. Um, A couple other nuances I wanted to share with people about how parts of this work. So um, so if your child is out, you're encouraged to bring a doctor's note back. That counts as an excused absence in the school system. What most people don't know is that excused absences still result in a cut to funding too. That just helps the school know where your child was, but that doesn't mean um, that your child, uh, that the school gets funding for your child for that day. That they don't care, yes. Right? <laughs> Which is, again, just wild because there are lots of legitimate reasons when students have to miss a day or two of school. So here's some of them. I'm thinking about when my daughter was um, nauseous one morning in the fall and had, I won't go into details, but let's just say it wasn't pretty. That wasn't a good day to send her, right? So I had to keep her home that day. Um, I think about other uh, students who have missed for a family member's funeral. That's absolutely where they should have been on that day. Um, other students this year who have had to be out of school to be with a parent who is going through a medical challenge. And, and all of these are legitimate reasons for students to miss a day or two of school. And yet for all of these reasons, Texas still cuts funding. And especially if you have a sick child and they go to school and then they get four or five other children sick and then they miss school. Right, so right. And then it drives the attendance right down. And, right. And really, like, attendance is something we should be focusing on as um, a metric we, we want to keep high. We do. But it shouldn't be something that, that feeds 
leads into the funding formula. So that's that's what we'll talk about here in a minute. So what can we actually do about this, right? Like I don't like to bring uh, problems to people without talking about solutions to actually be able to solve them. So two things. First, locally, Alpine ISD has a challenge that we're starting now through the end of May. You may have read about this in the newspaper uh, last week. And this is a way, Alpine, that we can raise $100,000 for Alpine ISD over the next three months at no charge to anyone in our community. Nobody has to has to give a dollar, write a check for anything. How do we do that? Help us increase our attendance rate from 93% to 94% over the next three months. That 1% increase is totally possible, but it will take all of us, right? Making sure our kids are at school every day um, in order to make that change. But that brings another 100000 back into our school district instead of money we have to send to Austin. Um, an important time to know about, 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. every morning is when attendance is taken across the district. So if you have, man, I've got to schedule this appointment for my child. They're only open during school hours. See if you can schedule that later in the day so your child can start the day at school, catch as much learning if as possible. If they get there at nine, they're signed in, they're counted as in Correct. For the day. Right. Send them at eight, seven thirty when we open schools, and then check them out sometime around 10, 10 30 or later in the day for an appointment. That's a way that they catch some of the learning, but also the school isn't punished for um, their necessary absence that day. Um, and then at the state level, we're advocating for a school funding formula that funds based on enrollment, the number of students that are actually in the district, not on attendance. And there are a number of bills before the Senate and the House for this. So we're really hopeful that this is the year that this um, change has some traction. Again, to kind of go back to our local numbers, our current funding system doesn't fund 130 of our students in Alpine ISD. And that's just wild and unacceptable and shouldn't shouldn't be set up that way. So one, one little uh, last piece I'll share with this before we pivot to our ne- next topic. Some people wonder, well, well, wait, if we take attendance out of the for- funding formula, like won't attendance slip? Does the school have any incentive to keep attendance high? Where's the accountability? And I would say to that, schools are accountable for attendance in many other respects, in the accountability system, in different reports that we submit to Texas, in our ability to help kids learn what they need to learn in a year. If our kids aren't in school, we can't do that. And so there are many other ways that we're already accountable for attendance. Attendance just shouldn't be used for a driver of funding. No, that seems that seems. Hopefully, we'll get some change from that. Yes, very hopeful on that one. So, um, for pivoting from there, I want to talk academic progress again. Kind of builds off of attendance. Kids who are coming to school every day, they sure are learning a lot. And so, I wanted to share some highlights of our um, kind of middle of year testing we did. So, recently, we finished some mid year, mid semester testing for our students to show what they know as they prepare to take take their state examinations, the STAR tests, next month. And let's be clear, STAR has a bit of a bad reputation, right? This is high stakes, um, state mandated testing. However, within this current system that we're in for STAR testing, I like to think about testing as an opportunity for students to show what they know, right? A test is representative. What you can do on a test is representative of the body of knowledge that you've learned. So I think back to when I was a... um, when I was graduating high school, or the year before I graduated high school, and I was taking the ACT and SAT tests, and as I was working through those tests, it was really an opportunity for me to show the body of knowledge I had learned throughout my whole schooling career. And in so many ways, STAR has a similar intention, but for a grade level or course. Show me how much you've learned in third grade math, or fifth grade science, or algebra one. Um, and so 
I wanted to give some updates on how our kiddos are doing, and we've seen amazing growth from our students, thanks to our amazing teachers so far this year. Uh, just a couple spotlights. Some classes went from 6% proficiency at the beginning of the year to already 80% in wow. February and March. Let's talk about those numbers for a second, because you might be thinking like, 6% proficient? Like, what, what does that mean? But think about this. You're at the beginning of a new year of math, fourth grade math. And so 6% proficient means 6% of kids could pass the fourth grade math test on the first day of school. That should be pretty close to zero because you haven't seen any of that content, right? You're going to learn all of that stuff over the course of this year. So our beginning of year numbers should be low. But to see this kind of growth to go from 6% to already 80% of our kids. And it's only February, it's March. Exactly yeah. right. And these tests were taken at the end of February, beginning of March. We still have three months to go. I mean, those are just really encouraging, exciting numbers to see how much our kids have grown. So a couple other things I wanted to share with parents as we prepare to go into the STAR testing season, and that is that these state tests actually have three performance levels. So sometimes people get wrapped up in, did my kiddo pass? That's actually only one of the three. So the, the passing level is called approaches grade level, but then there's a next level above that called meets grade level, and there's another level even higher than that called master's grade level. And what I want parents to know is that all students have a goal to meet on their STAR test. The goal is not passing. The goal is to maximize each student's potential. So if last if year... master's grade. Exactly right. If you're, it, last year, if your student did not pass, your teacher has been working with them to pass this year. But last year, if your student passed, your teacher's working with them to meet grade level. If your student already met grade level last year, your teacher's working with them to master grade level. So for every one of our kids, there is a stretch goal for them to um, achieve by the end of this school year. So we're providing a lot of additional support to help students reach their goals outside of the school day as well. So many students have come in for before or after school tutoring. We have some boot camp Saturday sessions that'll be coming up later this month. So watch for those. And then additional practice and review at home. And again, the idea here is how do we help each kid maximize their potential, and score at that next level to show the depth of knowledge they've learned. STAR tests will start in mid to late April and continue through mid-May, and so you'll have more info coming soon from your child's school about these tests. One last thing I'll say is that regardless of the politics of these tests, I would just say that they are an opportunity for our students to show what they know and how much they've grown in our classrooms this year, and so we're excited about that. Well, looking forward to the end of the year and see how well they've done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to wrap up today with some buck brilliance, which are some opportunities to brag on our kids and talk about all the amazing things happening in Alpine ISD. So I wanted to start by, by saying this. You know, we're just talking about star tests, which are part of the current reality in our public school system here in Texas. But our public schools are so much more than, I hate this phrase, but like teaching to a test. That doesn't happen. No teaching to a test, that's not public schools. Public schools is where you're going to learn a ton of knowledge, and then you're going to take these very public tests that show how much you've learned, right? But in addition to that, we have so many other amazing opportunities in our public schools, and so I wanted to highlight those as well. So um, people may or may not know that Alpine ISD has more live in-person classes than any of the other in-town schools, and then all of our neighboring schools as well. So we have um, Spanish classes, welding classes, 
classes, engineering classes, graphic design classes, art, nursing, music, band. I could go on and on. We just have such an amazing um, repository of learning opportunities for our kids that go well beyond kind of the the standard four core, if you will. Um, and then a lot of enrichment and extracurricular opportunities too. So let me brag on our kids and some of the amazing things happening outside of school. Martin, I'm sure you've heard about some of these and shared them on the news recently as well too. So let me start with one one act play. This is our theater troupe, and they had a strong showing at district just last week. They didn't end up advancing to the next level, but they really represented Alpine well. And Martin, they have a public performance coming soon. So we'll share that information with y'all so you can get it out over the radio and invite the public to come enjoy the one act play performance for this year. Looking forward to that. Um, Cross-ex debate. So we had um, two teams place at the cross at district at the cross sex debate district meet, and those were Zane Billings and Eileen Adame. They placed fourth, so congratulations Fantastic. to them. And then Hatfield Kaysen and Chris Carver Turner placed second at district, which meant that they qualified for state. And they went earlier this week to Austin. Um, they fell just short of qualifying for the octafinal round at state. But what an amazing opportunity to go compete in Austin at the state level in debate, and they just had a great showing made out. Alpine really proud. So congratulations, congratulations to them. Congratulations to those students. Also, you may have heard powerlifting. We reported it this morning. That's so exciting. So our Ladybuck powerlifters were at the state meet just yesterday in Frisco, had an amazing showing. So we had three Ladybucks qualify for that. Anissa Fierro, Cody Hawkins, and Madeline Smith. Congratulations to each of them. Cody placed 11th in the state. Madeline placed third. And I mean, Martin, you want to talk about strong, brilliant women, right? That is what we want for um, for our Lady Bucks, and those are our Lady Buck powerlifters. So, congratulations to them. Had even more women, uh, young women qualify for the regional showing up in Shamrock a few weeks ago, and they did incredible as well. So, just a really, really exciting program. And we're getting close to baseball and softball. Oh, my goodness. Baseball and softball. District. Yes, yeah. district starts at noon today, today for, <laughs> for weather, softball. Weather permitting. Weather permitting. And then baseball district starts Tuesday here in Alpine. It's wild that we're already that far into the mm-hmm. season. But our baseball and softball teams have had some amazing showings against a much larger school district. So, I wanted to to highlight those for a minute. Baseball defeated Monahans um, just this week here at home. Softball defeated Andrews, who's a 4A powerhouse. For comparison, we're a 3A, which is a much smaller school district size. Um, so they defeated Andrews in a tournament a few weeks ago. They also had a really good showing against Odessa High School, which I had to look that one up, Martin. That's a 6A school. Yeah. That's like the oh, biggest yeah. school size you can get to in the state of Texas. Um, And so just representative of our baseball teams and softball teams setting up these stretch schedules. And what I mean by that is playing bigger teams to have better competition in order to prepare for playoffs and doing a great job in those showings. So as we said earlier, district starts today for the Lady Bucks. 12 o'clock is the varsity softball game um, and 2 o'clock is the JV game against Presidio. And then Tuesday, baseball district uh, starts and softball continues with Crane coming to town. Well, we got more than baseball, too. We've got golf. Oh, golf. Golf has been doing amazing. They have been meddling at tournaments throughout the spring. They'll actually be here in Alpine on Monday and Tuesday for a tournament. And their district meet is in about two weeks. So watch for more good news coming from our golf team. Uh, one last team, and then we'll kind of begin to wrap up track. Okay, so our Lady Buck 
Ladybucks track team has been cleaning up at track meets, winning the whole team um, team medal, if you will, beating all other teams in our area, 3A teams and bigger. So wanted to share some spotlight, some of our um, Ladybucks who have just been having amazing performances. Valeria Crespo, Mia Morris, Vanessa Rice, really strong showings, as well as some of our distance runners, Hope Dominguez and Tannen Ritchie, both scored uh, PRs in their recent district, sorry, distance races, just doing amazing things, which together as a team, um, their performance is just stellar. So congratulations to our track teams as well. Moving outside of athletics for just a second. Don't know if you saw this one, Martin. I have not. This is new to me. Okay. Well, this is exciting. Caitlin Wiggins, a senior at Alpine High School and in the Alpine FFA program, placed 13th at the Houston Stock Show and Sale. And she was also a sale qualifier. Um, just an amazing way to wrap up her wow, senior that's year. Show. That's a big show and a big placement um, to wrap up. So just so excited for Caitlin and all the work that has gone into um, her stock show career at Alpine ISD. So I could go on and on about our kids. Like there's so much great things happening every day in the district. And I guess to summarize, I would just say Alpine ISD offers so much more, right? We have so many amazing opportunities, so much excellence across the board and character building all happening at the same time. And so it is always a great day to be a buck. We have two and a half more months of this school year. We're looking forward to finishing it strong. Well, I know you worked during this spring break. I hope you got a little bit of a break for yourself, but I do know you're looking forward to class beginning on Monday. We are. We are. Go Bucks. All right. You have been listening to Buck Banter. Buck Banter is brought to you every other Friday at this time by the Alpine ISD.